I'm Naomi Kilberth, Christian clinical herbalist, owner of Laurel Tree Wellness, and host of the Family Herbalism Podcast. Here on the show, I bring to you loads of helpful information and practical tips to help you on your natural health journey. We cover common and unique symptom pictures, underlying tissue states and the stories that lead to them, and so many tools that promote and restore wellness, not the least of which is plants. Thank you for joining us today. May you be blessed by the conversation and leave with hope and inspiration. Are you ready? Let's begin. Welcome back, everybody, to the Family Herbalism Podcast. So this week, as you all know, we're now adjusting to the time change again. Our hours have fallen back, and we added an extra hour, and this time of year, dealing with the shortening days, less sunlight, and the colder temperatures, there tends to be an increase in experiences of general fatigue, lack of motivation, just feeling rather dreary, and sometimes a little bit more on the reclusive side, like we want to just hibernate for the winter and just stay home and cozy up with a blanket and a warm cup of hot chocolate or tea or whatever. And I just got to thinking, you know, this has been kind of a general experience for most of us, but this is also the time of year when people who uh, experience depression or symptoms of depression can also experience seasonal affective disorder or the winter blues. And so I thought this would be a really good time to talk about this because just the time change on its own can present all kinds of health risks. You know, it's not just um, depression that can happen or, you know, more of the sad feelings, but it's also, there are actually uh, statistics to show that people are more likely to have heart attacks, there are more likely to be car accidents or workplace accidents, even suicide goes up after time changes during the next few weeks. And so that's a pretty serious situation, and I know that, at least in the United States, there are states that have tried to pass new laws saying that uh, we're just going to do away with daylight savings time, just go to standard time, but uh, at this point we have to be cohesive to a degree, and so uh, unless the federal government says anything and agrees with that, then we have to stay with the current system. Last I knew, there was actually a bill passed through the Senate that got approved, still needs to move on to the House, that would do away with daylight savings time. But until that happens, we still have this time change thing to uh, deal with each each year, two times. Um, and then also at the same time on top of that, we have this thing called seasonal affective disorder. And so that's what I'm really going to focus on today uh, because it's it's really important to a lot of people this time of year. There is such a thing as seasonal affective disorder for the summer months, but it's less common. Most people who experience this experience it during the months of September through April even. And the worst of it is really December, January, February, like the the darkest days of the year. Now, according to all the research that has been done, the most... uh, the most at-risk groups are those who live in northern latitudes, so northern United States, Alaska, Canada, 
you know, in our continent, those groups are going to be more affected than people who live, uh, you know, down the coast, down uh, toward Florida or, um, you know, Central America. Those places are less likely to experience this because they get more sun. And we'll talk about why the sun is really important. But also, women are more likely to experience this. And we have reason to believe that that's partly because uh, men make serotonin twice as fast as women. And serotonin also plays a key role in this experience. So uh, they are approximately three quarters of the people who experience this are women between the ages of 18 and 30 is when you're most likely to experience this, the onset of seasonal affective disorder or SAD. Um, And so in order to get a diagnosis, you have to experience it for two to three years in a row and it has to be cyclical. So most cases of depression don't change with the seasons, but it is specifically the type of depression that is experienced with seasons, with cycles, that is associated with this particular situation. And so basically the symptoms are very similar to depression, but also they tend to sleep extra long. I think the average was about two hours more sleep than they usually get each, you know, each night. Uh, People with SAD also tend to crave carbs more so than other people with different types of depression, and they're more likely to isolate themselves. It basically looks like hibernation is what it is. And so there's been tons and tons of research on what exactly causes this to happen. You know, for some people, they have very mild cases, and we just call it uh, winter blues or the fall slump. Or in cases of people with children, we call it cabin fever at the end of the year, uh, at the end of the winter. But there has been a lot of research into what exactly causes this to happen. And we do know that there are certain chemical imbalances that are involved. We also know that uh, it tends to be more common in people who already have mental health disorders, including uh, ADD, ADHD, bipolar disorder, depression, other types of depression. And it also is more common among people who uh, have family members who also experience this. Another one that's really interesting is that it's more likely to occur in people who have nutritional deficiencies, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And so we don't really know exactly what causes it, but we do know some of the factors that are involved. And so from a holistic perspective, I can say that most of us don't really care what the problem is as long as we can address it, as long as we can fix it and resolve these symptoms, right? So we want to find out what do we have control over that we can put ourselves in a place of being more likely to experience success, being more likely to have a more positive winter experience. And so one of the things that we can do is actually to get a nutrient panel done because if there is a predisposition to nutritional deficiencies that would make seasonal affective disorder more likely, those are really easy to address. And so a simple nutrient panel can be done at your doctor's office. Uh, I can actually order one for clients of mine. So any of my clients who are listening, you have access to this as well. 
And so what you would be looking for is high levels of melatonin, which is the sleep hormone, low levels of serotonin, which is the feel-good hormone, and low levels of vitamin D, and low levels of the multiple vitamin Bs. And so any of these are, and all of these are actually more common among people who feel down in the dumps in the winter time. And so by boosting those or by helping to balance out the ratio of melatonin to serotonin, you can decrease the symptoms of having this situation, of having seasonal affective disorder. So there are also a number of things that we can take action on. So for example, moving our bodies a few times every week is really important. We know that exercise is really great for boosting emotional health. And in this case, it's actually the frequency and consistency that's more important than the duration and intensity. The point is not really to develop muscle tone. It's not to strengthen different organ systems. Getting us outside and moving our bodies helps us to release hormones that cause us to feel safer and happier. And so the more often we do that, regardless of the weather, regardless of what's happening in our lives, the, the, more, uh, the better off we're going to be. And there was a study done that showed that if you exercise outside uh, in the sunlight, it's actually the results are twice as effective as antidepressants. So that might be difficult if you don't have much sunlight, maybe for people who are working during the day and so they leave when it's dark and they come home when it's dark, getting outside for lunch break might be really important, even if it's only for a few minutes. If it's not possible to get much light, the next thing that has been uh, researched quite a bit is the effect of working with artificial light or light boxes, especially if sunshine is not possible. And there was one study done that showed that people who use a light box that for about 15 to 30 minutes a day will improve, their symptoms will improve within just a couple of days Uh, And then they will continue to improve and get better and better over the next couple of weeks and remain that way as long as the light box is in use. And overall, the improvement rate was about 60 to 80 percent. Then there was uh, finally there was another uh, lifestyle choice, another lifestyle action that helps to improve outcomes, and that was cognitive behavioral therapy. So working with a therapist who's familiar with CBT. And the study on that showed that compared to the light box, there was a significant less likelihood that seasonal affective disorder would come back the next year. It was only 27.3% compared to 45.6%. So those are some of the things that can be done right away. They're usually pretty affordable. Uh, You know, there's even workbooks on CBT, so if you would prefer not to work with a therapist or you're not able to pull it off financially, you can find tons of resources online, uh, including workbooks that can be done at home to help you at least start to take action on that right away. And then, of course, we have food. So like we said, nutritional deficiencies are really important to address, 
but also eating a wide variety of foods is really important because the more variety you have, the more likely you are to pull in nutrients that you need. And if you do find yourself craving certain foods, I would pay attention to those because they can give you clues as to what types of nutrients you need uh, if you have not done a nutrient panel and you're not sure already. And if you feel that you're going to have a hard time pulling in nutrients you need, whether that's because you have a food sensitivity uh, or your circumstances, either financially or time-wise, you're not able to get in a wide variety of foods, then taking a high-quality multivitamin with minerals can be really important. And so some examples of supplements that you might want to keep in mind, and these are all these have all been studied and connected to uh, feelings of improved emotional well-being, especially in the winter, include vitamin D, which we've talked about. And in this case, I would recommend going with a liquid vitamin D that also has vitamin K. And really for most people, a good standard is about 2,000 IUs a day, but you could need up to 5,000 or more if you're definitely deficient. Uh, the brand name Thorn offers a really good supplement of vitamin D with K. And then we have magnesium glycinate. Most people can tolerate glycinate. It's a pretty good form for absorption rate. And 500 milligrams is a good standard dose for most adults. Magnesium is really important for nerve transmission, for hormone production and the cells being able to actually use and uh, transform those nutrients, those other nutrients, vitamins, into what you need for uh, making energy and feeling good. And then we have the, a B complex. So all of the B vitamins are actually really, really important for nerve function and hormone production. So getting a good complex may be really helpful unless you know of certain vitamin Bs that you might be deficient in. And I really like the brand Pure Encapsulations. So you would just take this as directed on the bottle. Then zinc. Zinc has is really necessary for cellular function, for metabolizing nutrients, and for nerve health, and all kinds of benefits for that. And so getting a good supplement of zinc or either by itself or making sure that any multivi multivitamin that you have has at least 15 milligrams could be really helpful. Um, a couple more. Amino acids are really, really important. They're the building blocks of everything in our body, and very often there are deficiencies of certain uh, amino acids when a person is feeling unbalanced or imbalanced emotionally. One of them is tryptophan, and the other one is tyrosine. So tyrosine is used to create energy, and so it's really helpful for those who are just feeling sluggish and cold, and they just want to curl up in bed and not do anything. They're not very motivated. In both cases, about 500 milligrams is appropriate for most people, but you could go up to 1,000, especially if you're deficient. Now, some people don't like to take supplements and or they just don't want to uh, experiment with different supplements and see which one is going to be most effective, and that's totally understandable. So in this case, you're going to really want to make sure that you're eating foods that provide healthy proteins, fats, vitamins, and minerals, 
in order to create the energy and the motivation and the hormones and the neurotransmitters that you need to get through the winter on a good, firm foundation. Uh, So one thing that's really interesting, I had mentioned that a symptom of um, having seasonal affective disorder is that people tend to crave sugar. They crave carbs. And what's really interesting is that it's not just an addiction to sugar. There's actually a very good chemical reason why they're craving that. And it's because very often people with seasonal affective disorder are lacking tryptophan. We use tryptophan to make serotonin. And as we know, serotonin is usually deficient in people who have seasonal affective disorder. And so our body starts craving foods that have tryptophan like proteins but also the carbs that will help us to get the tryptophan into our brains to make the serotonin so it's like this little train of of reactions here and so we need the carbs and we need the tryptophan (laughs) however overeating carbs or eating ones that are maybe not as effective at the job actually decrease our sensitivity. It's very similar to what happens with insulin issues and uh, insensitivity and uh, you know blood, blood sugar regulation. And so instead, we're talking about using that sugar to help transport molecules of tryptophan into the brain. And so we really need to work on making sure that the carbs we're eating are good, yes, but also increasing our protein because if you increase your protein, then it balances out that uh, difference between the carbs and the tryptophan. Fats are also really important for this process. And so foods that can be really helpful for people with seasonal affective disorder or a tendency toward uh, emotional you know, sadness and a lack of motivation and uh, all those symptoms that we talked about are things like farm fresh meats and eggs. This is really important because you're gonna avoid potential toxins. Even if you can um, buy grass-fed beef or pasture-raised chicken, things like that, you're gonna be better off. So farm fresh eggs are awesome, providing lots of different proteins in there. Raw dairy has far more nutrition in it than pasteurized dairy. So if you have access to raw dairy, then that would be preferable. Organ meats, wild-caught fish, and in this case, I would go with more fatty fish because they are going to provide more of those omega fatty acids that you really need for good, uh, good healthy brain and good, good healthy nerves. Um, but also, you know, grass-fed beef and pork are really great. And then on the vegetable fruit side, we have things like bananas, sesame seeds, cashews, walnuts, spinach, sun-dried mushrooms, really important, flax seeds, chia seeds, parsley, spirulina, and seaweed, kale, and mustard greens. All of these are very high in uh, one of these nutrients that I talked about, either the vitamin Bs and the vitamin D or minerals like zinc, uh, healthy proteins like the tryptophan and the tyrosine, and fats like the omega fatty acids that we really need for these areas of health. 
And then for most people, it helps to avoid eating two to three hours before bed so that it improves their sleep quality because we need to be able to shift into rest and digest. And that means digesting the food that you ate a while ago, not the food that you just put into your stomach. So try to avoid snacking after supper to help you sleep better. Um, For many people who have seasonal affective disorder, they might sleep an extra two hours, but it takes them longer to fall asleep or their sleep is interrupted. And so getting good quality sleep is really important so that you can wake up on time for various things. You can you can wake up and feel more energized. Okay, so this is an herbal podcast and I have lots of ideas for you in regards to herbs that can be useful for seasonal affective disorder. And what I'm going to highlight here is yellow flowers. If you can remember yellow flowers for seasonal affective disorder, then you are off to a really good start. Yellow flowers, I mean, just the symbolism, you look at a sunflower, you look at a calendula, uh, you look at St. John's wort, what do you see? You see this bright, beautiful flower that just looks like it loves the sun. And even if you watch it during the day, you can see that in the morning, it's literally opening up and looking toward the sun. And then at the end of the day, it starts to close up a bit. Dandelions do this. These, these flowers represent that sunshine in our life. And very often, they are also useful when we are feeling a lack of sunshine in our life, when it feels like we're living in shadows. And so there are a lot of other herbs that can be helpful. Um, Some others that I'm not going to focus on are lemon balm, saffron, the spice, milky oats, nettles, tulsi, hawthorn, and ashwagandha. There are studies, um, especially saffron's a really interesting one. There are a lot of studies suggesting that these are really helpful for people who have nervous system conditions or are feeling downtrodden, feeling sad, feeling depressed, especially in the winter. And I have personally had, uh, you know, many positive interactions with um, clients, positive experiences where people have tried these and found they were really supportive and helping them to create more energy and to decrease stress. But again, the ones that I want to focus on are those yellow flowers because they seem to have a very strong affinity for um, this particular area of our lives. And so many of these you can work with in tea, tincture, or capsule form. And the form that you use it in may depend on your situation, how easily you can make tea, whether you enjoy tea or not. Uh, whether you know you can swallow capsules easily or not. In some cases, you know, if I'm working with a person, I'm going to look at what else is going on in their lives, and perhaps we need to address both at the same time by working with a plant that addresses all of their needs. And so the method we use will be incorporated into that. But at this point in time, for emotional benefit. You know, working with whole plants, teas are a really great option because very often working with a tea, you're, you're holding a nice warm cup in your hand, you're breathing in the essential oils that are evaporating out of this plant, and it just provides a very soothing experience. 
And so for most people, we're just one cup of this tea is, is really great to start with. You can obviously blend these together. Perhaps you really like the taste of lemon balm or you really like how milky oats feels in your body. And so you could combine those with any of these yellow flowers to provide a really supportive blend. And we'll also talk about a couple of flower essences and essential oils as well. But let's, let's look at these whole plants first. One that I work with quite a bit for seasonal affective disorder is dandelion flowers. And you can add the leaves into this as well. Dandelion is, is actually uh, proven through studies to be effective, but I've also seen it work really well uh, in you know, individual cases um, of just being very supportive through the winter. And again, it's just, it just so accurately reflects the way the sun uh, opens us up and then, you know, when the sun disappears, we want to hibernate and close and shut down. And so it can be very uplifting and supportive. And also what's interesting is that dandelion, you know, we know that it does affect, positively affect the kidneys. It's very supportive of kidney health. And I want you to hold on to that idea because we're going to come to another plant where I'm going to talk about kidneys specifically and how uh, that's related to seasonal affective disorder. So a person who is on pharmaceutical diuretics may want to be careful about working with dandelion leaves because it would potentially increase the effectiveness uh, and cause you to end up urinating a lot more than you really should and possibly get dehydrated. So be cautious of that, but dandelion flowers by themselves are really great. And you know, some people actually like working with them in salve form as well. So in some kind of lotion, where you infuse it into an oil and then apply it to your skin. So that's a good alternative as well. And then the next one is St. John's wort. This one is probably the most well-known when it comes to herbal remedies for depression. And even, you know, you look up articles on depression that are written by medical sources, and they even will talk about the usefulness of St. John's wort just because there are endless studies on how effective it is and for for good reason because it does does work on a person to person basis most people who work with St. John's work notice an improvement in their emotional health and so it's very uplifting it's very supportive it also has a really healing effect on the nerves in general so even if it's a pain issue or some kind of wound that has affected the nervous system St. John's work can be really helpful in those cases but in the case of emotional support uh, it's it's really helpful for people who just can't seem to uh, find the joy in their life anymore. They're, it's almost like they just don't have a reason to fight. They stay in bed because they don't see the point in getting up. They don't have anything to draw them out of their hibernation. And so it's really a place of shadows and cloudiness. Um, I've heard some describe it as being like, being stuck in a cloud and you can't see anything and St. John's wort clears those clouds away so that you can see the sun. And the safety issues with that, the only thing that uh, a person should really be careful of is if they either have a history of um, bipolar or other more severe mental health conditions in their family or if they are currently taking antidepressants because St. John's wort is also very good at clearing out the liver and so it can cause the 
uh, liver to clear out the antidepressants and reduce their effectiveness. So that's not very good. The next one is linden. And linden I like to put in blends for people who have recently experienced loss. So this person may have some grief going on in their life. They may, be, they may have very good reason for feeling sad and discouraged or anxious. And, uh, or they might not be able to explain why they're feeling that way. And I think that is true for a lot of people who have seasonal affective disorder. They don't necessarily know why they're feeling that way. They can't explain it. But there is, of course, a very good reason for it chemically. But linden can be very uplifting and gentle. Um, it's just a really sweet plant that's um, very kind to a discouraged heart. And so, and linden has a very mild, gentle taste. So that's a really great one to put into a blend. And then we have rhodiola. So rhodiola is usually taken in root form. It's technically an adaptogen. So it's really great for anyone who's experiencing lots of stress and also a person who has low, a low oxygen absorption rate. So this is great for people who live in higher elevations uh, and maybe they're, they're feeling tired and heavy hearted and also uh, perhaps a heavy sensation in the chest like they just can't take a deep breath. And emotionally, this person may feel like they're just stuck in a rut like they keep coming back to the same paths that aren't working. They can't find a new way of doing things. And so they get discouraged and frustrated and can cause a person to not want to keep trying. And of course, that's a, a good picture of what feeling depressed can be like for some people. So rhodiola is probably more commonly taken in capsule form, but it can also be taken in tea or tincture as well. And then we have calendula. So calendula is really interesting because I work mostly with calendula for skin and gut issues. It's just very, very healing to, to tissues. It's a vulnerary, so it's a wound healer. But also, it can be very helpful for people who have um, need of emotional support. And this particular one, calendula, is really helpful for a person whose depression symptoms get worse in the darkness. And so I feel like this could be more helpful for a person who already has depression, but it gets worse in the dark days where they just, um, what little bit of energy, what little bit of joy they had during the summer seems to almost disappear in the depths of the winter. And so then we have uh, goldenrod. So goldenrod is the last of the whole herbs that I really want to talk about. And goldenrod is the one that brings me back to the kidneys. And so recently I was listening to a podcast where the guest was talking about the relationship between kidneys, kidney health, and emotional health in the fall and energy production specifically. So, you know, as the time changes and as the days draw shorter, we tend to be um, less motivated. We tend to be more tired. We want to go to sleep earlier. And part of that can be a natural response. Our, our circadian rhythms demand that we uh, typically are awake when it's light out and sleep when it's dark out. And we tend to push ourselves more in the summer and, and rest more in the winter. But apparently there is an interesting connection between 
the circadian rhythm affecting the kidneys, which we know that they do. That's why we don't typically have to go to the bathroom all night long. Um, and heart health, which we know, uh, you know, kidneys regulate the fluid that goes to the heart, regulates red blood cell production. And so there is a strong correlation between kidneys and heart health. But then it also impacts energy production because of the circulation that then comes from the heart health that's produced by the kidneys. And so as the kidneys downregulate in the fall, we're more likely to experience a decrease in energy. And the herb that is really helpful for this, for supporting the kidneys in uh, participating in that train of events, is goldenrod. Goldenrod is very soothing to the kidneys and, and it's a mild diuretic. It's not as strong as, as dandelion leaves, uh, but it's just, it's very supportive and toning to the kidneys in general and helping them to perform their job. And so this is one that you could add to a tea just for uh, helping to liven up the energy a bit and support overall health, which then supports emotional health. Uh, or you can add it, you can take it in tincture form or a capsule form if you like. So those are the six plants that I like to work with for seasonal affective disorder that are yellow, dandelion flowers, St. John's wort, linden, rhodiola, calendula, and goldenrod. And again, most of the time I would add uh, one or two of these to a blend that also has other herbs that are adaptogen or very supportive of emotional health. But I like to also include mention of flower essences because these we know are going to be safe for anyone, whether they are children or whether they are taking medications or whether they have complicated health stories. And the three that I find most applicable to seasonal affective disorder are hornbeam, olive, and mustard. Hornbeam is for the person who is exhausted at the beginning of the day. So, you know, elm is a flower essence that I work with for people who are exhausted from overexertion. But horn, hornbeam, the hornbeam person, is exhausted before they have even begun. And so they may have trouble getting out of bed. They might wake up and have a really hard time really waking up for the day and feel like they're sort of in a fog for a good chunk of it. Uh, then we have olive, which is an even deeper form of exhaustion. So hornbeam does eventually wake up. They get more energized as the day goes on. And once they really get going, then they feel uh, able to take on their daily tasks. But olive never really gets that energy. They're just exhausted all the time. And in fact, this could be really helpful for the person who has chronic fatigue syndrome who is just perpetually exhausted. And that is one of the features of depression for many people. And so olive can be really helpful. And then we have mustard. And mustard is interesting because, first of all, it's a plant that produces yellow flowers, <laughs> but also the, de the depression that is characteristic of the mustard person comes and goes. And so they may be surprised that one day they feel really good, and then the next day they're very depressed. Or it could be coming and going by the season. So they feel great during the summer, and then they feel, feel absolutely terrible in the winter. 
And so mustard in that case can provide more balance between the emotions. And in the case of flower essences, again, you're working with two drops and a glass of water and you're drinking that each day or as needed. You can certainly take more than two drops, but two drops is a, is a dose that provides you with adequate relief if that's the right fit for you. And, uh, or if it's an urgent situation, then you can put a couple drops directly under your tongue. Excuse me. And then we have essential oils. So essential oils, I really like to make custom blends for people that are based on their personal responses to the smells, but some that are definitely shown to help with seasonal affective disorder are, they tend to be in the citruses. So bergamot, lime, orange, lemon, or even things like neroli, which come from the orange tree. Uh, You know, there's mandarin, which is another citrus. All of these are really, really helpful for emotional support where you need uplifting. Um, uh, Geranium is also really helpful. That's a pink flower. Geranium is helpful for someone who has major depression and it can be very supportive, especially if there's a hormonal component. And then peppermint, which is really great for um, promoting awareness and sort of increasing energy and zippiness for a person who's just feeling very tired and dragging their feet. Essential oils can be worked with in a number of ways. One easy way is to put a couple drops of essential oil on the bottom of your shower, like on the shower floor before you take a shower, and that way the steam will actually lift up the essential oils and cause them to evaporate so that your whole shower is filled with this beautiful smell. Uh, You can also put them on your clothing. You can put them on your wrists and then lift your, you know, wrist up to your nose to smell it as needed. There are jewelry that you can wear that have either lava beads or little felt cloth pieces inside of clasp necklaces where you can put the essential oil on them in order to breathe them in throughout the day. You can put them in a roller bottle and apply that to your skin as needed. I like to put roller bottles over pulse points and over the chest so that it's easy to smell and it's over the heart center. Most of those you can apply straight. So if you're putting in the shower or if you're putting it onto a piece of diffuser jewelry, you're just gonna put the straight oil on there. If you're working with a roller bottle, the typical dose is 20 drops for a nine milliliter roller bottle and then you top it off with a fractionated coconut oil or another oil that stays, uh, stays liquid even if it is below the room temperature so it doesn't solidify inside the bottle. So those are some really common ways. And then of course you can use an aromatic uh, diffuser that you would put into a room and then put maybe six or eight drops into a small one and it will diffuse throughout the entire room. And that can be really uplifting, not just to uh, the person who's experiencing seasonal affective disorder, but to everyone else in the environment as well. And so these are a variety of options. And for many people, it can be safe to experiment and try and see what works for them. But if you do feel like you really need help, if you need support walking through this process, if it feels overwhelming, uh, or if you're scared, then please reach out for help. If I am not qualified to help you, I will help you connect with someone who can support you. 
but I'm glad to at least have a conversation with you and get you started on that path to healing and to having a good, healthy winter. So thank you for joining me. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends and family and leave a review on the podcast app. I always enjoy hearing back from you. It means a lot to me. You can always reach out at laureltreewellness at gmail.com or you can visit my website at www.laureltreewellnessllc.com. Thanks so much and have a great day, you guys. The Family Herbalism Podcast is created for educational purposes only. You have the right and responsibility to make all health-related decisions for your own life. If you experience a medical emergency, please contact appropriate medical providers. To receive herbalist support, please visit www.laureltreewellnessllc.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it helpful, please share it with your friends and family and leave a review. Thank you for listening.